now got in for the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two. Episode 152, the NYYST Podcast. I am your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You! And he's on assignment this week. We won't say where he is. Can we say where he is? It's very mysterious. Do you think he'll get mad if we say where he is? Yes, that's why we're not going to say where he is. We'll just keep it a big mystery that Stat Guy Rye is not here today. But who is here later on in the show? That's why we're doing a special midweek pod. We couldn't even be bothered to do these during the friggin' season but we do have sweeney murty mertz that's what i call him we're no tight. no you don't yeah and we're you, tight now no yep my boy he would he would actually get an injunction to have us not air the interview if he yeah, heard you I call them yeah he probably will the second he heard that, you that part airs yeah. yeah okay so sweeney murty of the fam will be on with us in just a few minutes sweeney uh gave us about a half hour of his time very gracious to uh break down some Yankee talk as we head into free agency. You know, GM meetings have started. The winter meetings will be uh, next month. And, and you know, know, cheating in baseball. <laughs> oh, yeah, cheating in baseball. Uh, don't cheat us, though. Please leave a five-star rating and review for this pod on iTunes and go to YouTube and subscribe to the show, and you can watch, uh, you can watch us there as well. Yeah, so, uh, <clears throat> you know. Do you have bad allergies? Who? You. It's cold. It's like 25 It's 20. Degrees. Okay. So, like, during the interview at Sweeney, it's tough to think. It's tough to, like, think when it's this cold. So, we both we both cleared our throat a few times because we just can't breathe. We can't breathe up here. Yeah, it's really... It's cold. And it's, it's not even, like... This is what I always say, right? Like, if you gradually ease into the cold, if you go from, like, summer and then, like... Right. It's ninety, and then September it's like eighty, and then and then October it's seventy, right. and then sixty and fifty, and then like it's normal 20. seasons. Like yeah, normal. then you're like okay, okay, you know this sucks, but I I eased into it, but it was just fucking sixty degrees, and now it's twenty degrees. That's well, my wife like before wife. before we started like a couple hours before, she was like, you're probably gonna want to bring the space heater up there, and I was like, I don't need a fucking space heater. What are you out of your mind? And then I walked up here and I was like, I kind of need the space heater, but I couldn't turn back at that point. You know? No, you had to prove that you were the big bad man. Right. Well, correct. Stack Guy Rye would love it up here. Or Why? Because he, no, he layers. He likes up, it hot. He says it's so cold up. Yeah, here. he's 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 a crybaby in the in, in the, the summer. Su- in the time. summer when we have the air, it's on like heat. first of all, it's a hundred degrees outside. So anybody who's been in an attic in the summertime knows it's really like two hundred degrees with like five hundred percent humidity. And Ryan's like, guys, go turn off the air conditioner because I'm cold. <laughs> but anyway, he's on assignment this week, so let's not make fun of him too bad because he might not come back from assignment. It'd be like the time he was taken on maybe, a train, maybe. Uh, yeah, cheating in baseball. Who who knew? Crazy. I'm, my mind's blown. But let's be serious for a second. Serious? Okay. I'm someone who is a firm believer in not jumping the gun when it comes to serious allegations. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Evidence seems somebody on their on the on that team confirmed it. I mean that's okay. pretty okay. It's pretty damning right there. Okay, ready? Uh yeah, Christian uh Christian killed someone. I did. I watched him. I killed a man. I watched him. He chopped him up, threw him in his trunk, and he's in the Pasaic River. Yeah, but everybody knows you're lying piece of garbage. Now. I was a part of the MIYST team. But there was no and now, previous... And now I'm in your division on another team. And First of all... You killed someone. This is this is a completely different scenario. And I'm not sticking up for Houston, by the way. First of all, idiot, there's a big difference between... there's no There was no rumors about me killing anybody. You just came out and decided to be an asshole and try oh, to ruin my life. That I killed there's somebody. There's definite speculation, at least, that you would. I that would. you would be somebody. But we've known there's been rumblings for years now that the Houston Astros have been cheating. Okay, it makes it even that more believable, right? I, 
We've seen the video. It's pretty alarming. I mean, oh, pretty yeah. damning evidence right there. Yeah. I'm not... Listen, I am 99.9% confident that they will prove that they were doing illegal things to steal signs. And we bring this up with Sweeney. If you do it in between the white lines... But, or somebody sees something from the dugout with their own Completely eyes. Completely different. That's fine. That's baseball. That's gamesmanship. You can't be watching shit on a camera in the dugout no. and, you know, picking up stuff like no, that. No, I mean, come on. There's, I mean, a, there's like a line where everyone's like, it's 2019. You got to utilize technology. No, no this drug, this is the line. That's the line. That's like, the line. Uh, and I know when this broke yesterday uh, or Tuesday, because you'll hear this. You'll hear this pod Thursday morning, recording Wednesday night, or any time after. Shut up. Anyway, uh, that a lot of Yankee fans were like, "Well, we then we should get to we should get to play the Dodgers for the World Series in twenty. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. On. Shut up. Shut up. First of all, you want to say Houston? I mean, cheated? it's bullshit. No, it is. It, no, that logic is bullshit. No, no, if no. The whole thing is bullshit. Chris, the reason why the Yankees lost the ALCS in 2017 is they not, couldn't hit. not because <laughs> the Astros were stealing signs. No, it's because they couldn't hit. And, did they put a force field around? I mean, <laughs> seriously, how, how the Yankees scored three? I think I looked, was it three runs in four games yeah. in Houston in yeah. 2017? It was bad. I don't, yeah, it was bad. Houston could have sold all the damn signs they wanted to. The Yankees. All they how needed, did that, all they how did that was one run. How did that affect the Yankees at the plate? Now you want to tell me Houston pitchers were up to something? We've heard rumblings about that type of shit too. And so. again, I'm not sticking up for Houston. I think if this comes out, it's one of the most disgusting things I've heard a team do in baseball that have gotten caught. I don't know all the other things. Uh, this goes beyond steroids for me. This isn't, you know, steroids is an individual decision. Whether you did it with friends on the team or not, it's your individual decision to do it. To concoct a, a plan like this takes a lot of people and a, and a team to be on board. Anyone who says they didn't know what was happening is a liar. They are a liar. 100% you're lying. Because... If it's done the way people are saying it's been done, which is the only way it can be done, really, you know, you're not just like, you know, every time, every every other pitch, I hear a fucking garbage can get banged. Isn't that weird? AJ, you hear that noise? It's been going on all season. No. You yeah. all know what. You're not going to ask why George Springer is banging a garbage can or... <laughs> why is why is spring? Why is he like? Every, it's just it's a pure coincidence that every time somebody throws a changeup, Springer's swinging a baseball bat at the garbage can. <laughs> is he angry? I mean, you got to give him credit though. If they were really doing this, and it really does seem like that, there's something going. There was something definitely going on there. Is they had that shit down precision oh, yeah. to a T that they got the sign, bang bang, and then like that. The batter was able to pick up on it like that was that was that was a well-oiled machine. So you got to give him credit for execution on that. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, they they don't have to give back to the World Series in 2017 though. So can we stop with that? So this is what I th this was the main point I'm getting at. Just like steroids don't make you a great player. Oh, Luis Gonzalez, <laughs> unless you're Luis Gonzalez. But like you still again, we don't know if Luis Gonzalez did. Yeah, we do. Not. Come on. If you allegedly, look, we're gonna allege on, like, on his behalf. But what I'm saying is, you look at Luis Gonzalez's, you know, entire career that sticks out. It's like it just pops out at you, right? You're like, oh, what an idiot, right? You, it's so clear. But when you look at a guy like, say, Alex Rodriguez, you know, you look at his career, just top to bottom, just a phenomenal baseball player, and. He wasn't phenomenal because he took steroids. He might have gotten hurt less. He might have hit less home run. Uh, he might have uh, hit more home runs on steroids. But it didn't make him one of the greatest players we'll ever watch. Same goes with this, right? Just because they had the signs, did they have an edge? Yeah, of course. But did it? Does knowing a changeup's coming automatically mean you're going to drill, you know, a double every time you're up or a home run? No. 
still takes talent. But if you can't hit do a what they up, did, and if you suck at hitting changeups and you know it's not coming, even laying off one gives you an advantage. Sometimes knowing it's coming uh, gives you a dis- disadvantage. You know what they say is that knowing is half the battle, right? So you, it takes all the guesswork out of hitting. And how many guys are guess hitters? You know what someone said to me today? No, because I don't. I'm not going to name any names. Okay, don't. I said I was telling them what was happening. Hap. Hap. And I said that, yeah, and they would bang every time there was an off-speed pitch. It's like, yeah, but that's kind of bullshit. Because, like, what did they do when it was a fastball? And I was like, are you fucking dumb? Fastball, it was silent. We used to just stick our arm up at in when we were on second base. Like, if you could pick up on the signs, arm up to the right or whatever, off-speed. Fastball, you don't do anything. But the problem is... Here's now here's the here this becomes the issue, right? What if the catcher does a really good job of putting down the sign for the changeup? He hides it very well, even with the camera. Batter's up there. Is there a sign? Is there a relay sign uh that you didn't get the sign? Because now he puts down a changeup, you didn't really see the sign that well, you don't bang. And the hitter thinks a fastball is coming, but it's not. You have to be 100% accurate for a batter to really want the sign every every single pitch. Okay. Right? Sure. Do you agree with me or you weren't even paying attention? I'm not paying attention. Really? Is that, yeah. What? <laughs> if you're going to get somebody killed if they think a fastball or, or an all-speed pitch is coming and it's really a fastball, you can get somebody freaking killed. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, think about the... Think about the risk they put themselves at. They must have been really confident in how good they were at Think this. Think about the risk these jabroni writers put themselves at by not voting for Aaron Boone for manager of the year. Imagine that. Rocco Baldelli of the Twins uh, took home manager American League manager of the year honors uh, Tuesday night. Uh, him and Boone both scored 13 first-place votes, but uh, point tally had... Uh, Baldelli with 10 more points than Boone to take home the honors. I Can you... And really, if you really want to be fair about it, Kevin Cash is the one that kind of got the screw job here because really... If Boone wasn't going to win it, it should have been him. Kevin Cash had the third best team in the American League. I don't care what records say. The Twins were... they Maybe there was a bigger gap, but they were behind uh, the, the Astros and the Yankees. Not the Twins. The Twins were the fourth best team in the American League, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. They proved how soft they were in the postseason. Dude, look at the teams that the Twins play compared to who who the uh, Rays had to go up against. Seriously. The Twins had an under 500 record against teams over 500. You know, I meant to look that up. That's that's That alone is ridiculous. I'm sorry. But you know what? You know... You hate to be the guy that says the writers have a Yankee bias, but they, it, they do. They, it, it would almost seem that they do because how many people have we heard call in that are not Yankee fans uh, today into sports talk radio? Well, even with the injuries, the Yankees are still expected to win. And what do they do? They won. They won 103 games. This is a regular season award, so you can't take into Playoffs, account anything right. anything into the postseason. They still won 103 games this year. They did what they were expected to do. The Twins stunk in 2018, and they won 100. They went over 100, 100, somewhere around there, right? I think so, they won 100. With a lower payroll. Okay. And it nobody wants to hear that the Yankees didn't, their high payroll guys were hurt, or their stars were hurt. Oh, I'm sorry. It, if you look at the because, adversity that this team put up with, it's just insane. I mean, it was one thing after the next. And... If you want me to sit here and fight against Rocco Baldelli, I don't even have to sit here and tell you that Boone should have won it. If I'm fighting against Rocco Baldelli, I'm gonna I'll tell you then if it makes you feel better and warmer and cozy inside, I will fight for at least fight for Kevin Cash because I Kevin be- Cash deserved it. I way believe more the difference than- in the ten points was that Boone was uh even though Boone was a finalist, he was left out of the top three on four different ballots, which what? Yeah. What three managers are these guys? Honestly, 
It, yeah, Bob I don't Melvin, know why you, Bob I, Melvin was oh, in the, fuck Bob Melvin, man. Seriously. I'm just telling you that Bob Melvin was in the top three on those four ballots that Boone was left out of the top three and, on. And I don't know why I get so worked up. Seriously, because there, these awards, I'm sorry to the writers. We have one. We he Sweeney's a writer, right? He gets he gets the nod. He's right. Mm. No. Mm. I don't know if he get he should not, have he, asked him. He's not in the he's not in the writers association. He's not he's not a columnist. He doesn't write for a newspaper. Really? Well, what what newspaper does he you write? You don't for? have to be you don't have to write for a newspaper to what, what online publication does he write for? I'm pretty sure he's just Murdy has articles out there. I'm pretty sure he's a reporter. We'll see. He's a reporter. We'll see. Okay. A reporter. Anyway, anyway, go ahead. If he is part of the association, Slut. I apologize to him. But these writers have to wake up a little bit. This is crazy. It this is you are dropping the ball in so many ways, and it's it's not everyone. But it, it now it's gotten to a point where it's really ridiculous. What the fuck are you doing? What does it matter? Why are you so distracted when I fucking talk? I'm here. Everything you say. It's seriously, it's a joke. You're easily triggered is what the problem is. It's a joke. And, and and it made me, Yankee fan or not, it made me not give a shit about them anymore. Well, think about it. If I would, in, in whenever opening day was, March, whatever, of 2019, uh-huh. if I told you the Yankees were going to win 103 games, you would think the team was completely healthy. You would not expect that team to do any better than 103 games. You would even say, wow, 103 games, that's yeah, pretty fucking good. Absolutely. But the fact that, so it really comes down to, in some of the writers' minds, is that the Yankees wound up where they were going to wind up anyway, so Aaron Boone shouldn't get credit for that. Yeah. Hey, it's just like, uh, just like how Aaron Boone doesn't get credit when they win, but when they lose, it's his fault. Well, you just, right? go, just, I mean, just go through it, right? I brought this up on Twitter last night when somebody said, oh, there's no there's no bias against the Yankees. Well, you know what? In 2003, there was a clear bias against the Yankees because they, the writers decided that year that Hideki Matsui wasn't a rookie because he played in Japan beforehand. But two years before, they didn't hold that against Ichiro. Right, right. Last year, they didn't hold that against Shohei Otani. Dude, you have to be like on another fucking level if you're a Yankee and these writers are actually going to vote for you to win. And then the person's response back was, well, Angel Barroa's war was higher than Hideki Matsui's that year. Please, like, give me a break. This is why I think analytics, this is why I have a bad taste in my mouth about analytics. You're going to you're gonna tell analytics. me first, you're, first of all, you're going to tell me in 2003 people had their heads up their ass about war? <laughs> was that even a fucking thing back then? Uh, not really. No, not, not the way it is now. And defensive positioning is taken into account when they uh when they factor in war so a shortstop that hits hits well gets more uh however they calculate it they get more quote war points than a left fielder because a left fielder is expected to be a big time slugger whereas a shortstop really isn't so that affects the war right there and don't give me don't tell me that defense is taken into into account when they vote on rookie of the year nobody gives a shit Come on. Honestly, can I can I, uh, I actually forgot to bring this up when it came to DJ and the whole war bullshit of when he didn't get top three for MVP this year. I think Rosenthal said like so much of that is from defensive metrics. So like it's just not it's just not fair. It's just not. The guy didn't have a dip defensive position this year. He played all over the diamond, so now you're going to take that out. Exactly. So, again, this is what – who cares? Anyway, who you know cares? what? Rocco Baldelli won. There is a – And you know what? Congrats to Rocco Baldelli. He managed a great – he really did. I mean, they were a very good team. They weren't that good, clearly. And here's what pisses me off, right? We can sit here and say, when did these, when did, when are all these things voted on? After the season, before ah. the postseason. Oh, it's it's all voted before the postseason. Yes, there's, you cannot vote once the postseason starts. They don't want any postseason to take into account on these awards. Okay. I just thought they had to base their their vote only strictly on what happened in the regular season. 
And I was just going to say mentally. You're, well, think about it. Even you have if to take into, a, into consideration whether you really are or not. So if they, if they let you vote until, let's say, game five of the American League Division Series, but you're only supposed to take into account the, the, the regular season. Let's say Aaron Boone decides he's going to, you know, do something really stupid like bat Luis Severino cleanup in a game. <laughs> you don't think that's going to run through your mind when... Uh, exactly. So that's why the voting is done before the postseason starts. Okay, Johnny. Are you done? I'm done. Okay. So uh, let's kick it over to our interview with Sweeney Murdy of The Fan. You can follow Sweeney on Yankees WFAN. And here and we go. And don't forget to leave us a rating review and subscribe. Something's such a creep. Okay. Bye. Later. Chris and Christian of the NYYST podcast on the phone with Sweeney Murdy. Uh, Sweeney covers the Yankees for WFAN. You can also hear Sweeney during the season doing a great job on the post game as well. Sweeney, how you doing this evening? Wonderful, guys. How are you? Pretty good. Can't complain. We got some uh, interesting new news to talk about, so we figured we'd come on here, and we appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah, no problem. Well, the news du jour, of, well, I guess it can't be of the day, it's of the past two days here, is the Houston Astros cheating scandal. is uh, It's kind of broken and confirmed by a former Astros pitcher, Mike Fires, uh, is that they were using electronic devices to steal signs as far back as 2017. As somebody that covers the game, how do you feel about this, that you know, it seems that this is going beyond uh, the white lines of, uh, of the field here where, you know, it's all fair game if you pick up something standing on second base, but these guys are apparently using, uh, you know, cameras to pick up uh, signs here. How do you, you know, in, in context yeah. of the game? I, yeah, I think you said it. I mean, you're crossing, uh, crossing the line right there. So uh, we'll see what they're able to uncover as far as, well, I guess the big question is, are they able to figure out, um, really the roots of this and who's behind it. And uh, if they are, then, you know, we'll see what kind of punishment uh, is uh, is laid out here. If it, you know, I, is there somebody that's going to be a fall guy or is this going to back to A.J. Hinks and Jeff Lunau, uh the you know, top of the organization? That's we have to wait to see and see what kind of appropriate punishment is going to be. Because I'm pretty sure baseball is taking this pretty seriously. Uh, I don't think they like the... Uh, the implications of what it means to the game, what it could mean down the road if they aren't uh, sufficiently heavy-handed here. So uh, I guess we kind of have to wait to see uh, how the rest of this goes from there. Sweeney, I've, I've heard just, you know, listening to Sports Talk Radio today and, and having the TV on here and there, a lot of people that have been in baseball for a long time, such as yourself, they're kind of not shocked to hear about this. They kind of said, you know, if you've been close to the game, you kind of heard these rumblings for a while. Is that true, at least on your end? Well, there are a lot of people who talk about the idea that they, what they think uh, is happening, and there's anecdotal evidence of, you know, really that, you know, there's no way that I could have taken that pitch, or there's no way that I could have flung at that pitch. Um, and it's not limited to the Astros. Um but this is the first time that somebody has come out and put their name to it and said, here's what happened and here's how it happened. So that's the new part here. I think the, fine, the, the, the thing that I think is kind of enlightening here is that over the last few years, the Astros had a lot of fans throughout the game, a lot of admirers throughout the game. I mean, when I say that, I think people admire the talent that some of the players have, but as an organization, so the Astros uh, got rid of a number of scouts, so the entire scouting community from every other team um, looks down on the Astros. And there's also obviously the idea of jealousy of, of a team that's, that's been winning. So I think to me the, the thing that I look at is that there is not a... Uh, I, I haven't seen anybody yet come to their defense um, because I don't think they have a lot of people wanting to defend them. I don't see a lot of friends of the Astros uh, out there throughout the rest of the league. Now, maybe that would be true if it was the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Mets or somebody else. Um, but I find it interesting because the last couple of years, especially talk around the way, you know, that they've, that they've gone uh, completely new school and gotten rid of an honest guess, 
that part is uh, certainly uh, in the minds of a lot of people around baseball who, who don't seem willing to be jumping to the Astros defense right now. Sweeney, before we actually get onto uh, some Yankee topics here, what do you think uh, Mike Fires has to gain from from uh, being the whistleblower here? He's still in the game. This doesn't does it seem odd that somebody's still playing is putting his name to this. Normally, you hear about stuff like this if a guy's trying to write a book or something after uh, his career's over, but he's still with the Oakland uh, Athletics, as far as I know. So he's going to be facing the uh, the Astros a couple times next year. Is it just to try to gain a competitive advantage against them that hope they stop while he's on the mound? I think it was just the idea. I mean, I I, I think it for face value right now the way he talks about you know seeing that they were not doing it the right way. And he didn't think it was fair. Seth Matt was doing his play right now. You know, listen, it wasn't like he did it while he was on the Astros. It's not like an Astros player came out and said, yeah, listen, we're cheating, and it's not right. He waited until he was in the full of the team. Uh, so there's that. But, I mean, yeah, I give him credit. I mean, he's supposed to make a living in this ballgame. He's still, you know, there are still people around the league. And as I said, it's the Astros aren't the only ones doing this. Well, there are other teams who are going to have to uh, take a chance on employing Mike Fires at some point. He's going to work with other teams. Um, to be employed. So you do have to give him credit for that. All right, Sween. So we know that uh, the big fish in the free agent market this year is Garrett Cole. Uh, you know, you, you hear the Yankees every time there's a big free agent, they're linked to him. But as we've seen in recent years, maybe they're trying, they're not exactly in the, that part of the ocean anymore. Uh, how serious are the Yankees about getting Garrett Cole? Because we know Brian Cashman has tried to get Garrett Cole twice. He drafted him, but Cole chose to go to college. He tried to trade for him when he was with Pittsburgh before he ultimately wound up with the Houston Astros. Are the Yankees really in on Garrett Cole? Well, I think they're interested. Uh, we'll see to what degree they're interested. And there are some factors that are under their control. Namely, what is another team willing to do and what are Cole's real preferences? Um, so uh, the negotiating process here that includes who knows how many teams here will um, will eventually dictate this. Uh, I think they have to have some interest there. As you said, they've got to get them before. They've talked about upgrading pitching, and certainly this is one way to do it. Um, I, I don't know how far the Yankees are willing to extend themselves here, uh, but I, you know, I have pointed out a few times that the Yankees have, have covered the last 25 years with three high-end pitchers. Uh, David Cohn, they, they traded for first and then refined as free agent after the 1995. When, they, when his contract was up, they would go and sign Mike Messina as a free agent. When Mike Messina retired, they signed C.C. Sabathia as a free agent. Uh, and now Sabathia is retired. There's more high-end pitching available. On top of that, you have one more year with Mafia Snaka under uh, contract and one more year before James Paxton is free agency. The Yankees are going to have to move to acquire pitching. There are several high-end starting pitches available right now. So are they able to bite the bullet now short-term with the luxury tax hit, knowing that they have money with these pitches that I talked about coming off the book and a need for it? To, to fill the rotation from the outside really soon. They certainly have numbers in order to fill out a rotation, but there's, I, I'm sure, a certain amount of trepidation about not adding to this, just based on the fact that if, if Luis Severino is the guy you're looking at as your ace, he has any sort of, uh, if he felt anything in the spring, given what he went through this past season, you're probably shutting him down for a couple of weeks and, and uh, he didn't start the season on time. So, you're, you're kind of waiting for the other shooters out there and putting yourself in a position of, okay, you're digging into that depth. Um, I think any team would love to have Garrett Cole, no matter what price it's going to be. And I think these are the factors the Yankees have to deal with as they try to make that decision. Well, I mean, here's my here's my perspective of everything at this point and and you were pretty vocal at the end of Cashman's uh you know the end of the season when Cashman had his press conference you were a lot of a lot of Yankee fans uh hero for a couple days there uh speaking up our perspective has always been we've seen I mean we've looked at it from from a point of view where we understand the Yankees and the excuses or you know their reasoning behind not signing some of these big guys 
This year, we really don't have that type of patience. I don't see any reason why they can't sign a guy like Cole or Strasburg, but in your opinion, if if Cole doesn't fall through, is Strasburg maybe a good plan B? Do the Yankees, uh, do you think if Cole falls through, they go with someone, you know, of less less of a name of, you know, maybe Zach Wheeler? I think there are just too many factors here to, you know, to accurately predict which player falls where. But as I said, there are a number of high-end starting pitchers available out here, and the Yankees will set up on themselves in a position of room. Uh, they could possibly fill some of that from within. Um, but you have, as I said, a lot of options here uh, on the market that could fill that uh, void as well. So we'll see where they go. And as for, you know, uh, calling out Frank Cash, I was pulling him out. I was stating what I thought was a fact, and he objected to the wording of it, and we just kind of disagreed on the terminology of it. You know, in the end, I, I wasn't disputing that they had valid reasons for not acquiring those pictures in each individual case. Uh, and we're talking about, you know, Justin Verlander, Eric Cole, and Corbin. I, you know, I think I forgot to mention Max Scherzer. He falls into that category. You know, there were, there were legitimate reasons for every single one of those. But as you now look at what happened in the World Series, um, by, you know, some some coincidence, but, you know, there was also, you know, the, the team was good. All these starting pitchers ended up in the World Series. Uh, it could have very easily been that the Astros lost the old card uh, in the, uh, in the uh, uh, division series, or that the Nationals lost the wild card game. They wouldn't have, you know, it wouldn't have shown up quite that way. But what I was pointing out is that there are a lot of players in the World Series right now that you could have had, and did the owner express any regret over that? Uh, because then that would give you a little glimpse uh, into what the Yankees might be trying to do this winter with the Yankees. So much starting pitching is available. It had nothing to do with calling them out for not acquiring those and saying, hey, dummy, why did you pass on those guys? Not what I was saying at all. Um, I wasn't judging them in any way for it. I was simply stating that you know, there were starting pitchers that are in the World Series that they did not acquire. Is that something that Hal Steinberg And that's really all I was trying to get at. And if you wait until the end of our exchange, we talk about being very comfortable with the process, Brian Cashman is very with the process that, uh, that they've gone through. And uh, so if that's the case, Again, I don't think there's a way to really sit there and, and say they're absolutely signing two of these guys, as Giancarlo Stanton would do. Um, but I do think there's an opening here and availability here. And the Yankees have shown, as I said, over the last 25 years, when there is a spot, they they do what they can to bring an elite pitcher in to fill that hole. Yeah, and, and you know what? Looking on, you hit it right on the head. Looking on, I mean, I think the second the second the Nationals and Astros were lined up for that World Series, the first thought in my head was how many guys the Yankees, whether they you know passed on them, they missed on them, whatever you want to call it, how many guys the Yankees theoretically could have had on this team are going to be pitching in the World Series. And that's why at this point now I just don't think there's really – any reason behind why they couldn't sign one of these guys, even if that reason is they think they have enough talent within, I don't think that's a good enough a good enough reason at this point. Well, again, we'll see. You know, there's. I, I think the one thing everybody objects to, the fans object to, is the Yankees have a budget. You know, and I think it's wrong to call them cheap. They spend a lot of money, um, but I, I think fans will look at it and say, of course, they make a lot of money. Um, there's a line that I'm going cross because the, uh, the luxury tax threshold, it's not simply about paying the tax. It's where the money goes. The Tampa Bay Rays are taking a little bit of money and feeding them. And the analogy I used uh, many times, and I apologize if you heard me use this before, some of us like that. But if McDonald's was told that half of that after a certain point, half of every dollar they spent on advertising would go directly to Burger King and Wendy's, McDonald's would probably stop advertising at that point because they didn't 
want their competition to get their money directly. And that's what the Yankees are up against. As you look at the luxury tax, tax threshold, not necessarily the amount of money that it costs them, but where it's going and to what purpose. What Sweeney, you had me sold at McDonald's, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sweeney, you mentioned John Carl Stanton. Uh, if the Yankees, we don't, we don't, we've been saying this on our sh- on our show for weeks now. We this is a big off season for the Yankees to show if they're really still, uh, really still willing. It's easy for me to say to swim in those waters and bring in big top free agents because you know you look at last year. Maybe Harper wasn't a fit. Maybe Machado wasn't a fit. Lemay, you worked out better for them but you there's an there's a glaring need there for a top end starting pitching a pitcher you you know that you know if you look at if you look at the way the ALCS broke out you won't you know through the six games you can't say that that pitching cost them the the series but they had nowhere to go in game seven especially when Aaron Boone came out and said that if that one extra innings he would have had to go to Luis Severino so obviously adding somebody in like a Garrett Cole or Strasburg or even Zach Wheeler will help alleviate that in 2020. But if they're not willing to swim in those deep waters anymore, what 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 was the cause of bringing a guy like John Carl Stan? That's the one thing I can't wrap my head around is that they still went out and went and got a big fish like John Carl Stan a couple of years ago. Stan, well, I mean, Stan at the time and what how they were able to maneuver the players that they let go and the contract helped him get under the tax threshold. And he was coming in he was coming out of a season in which he hit fifty eight home runs. And you know, it, it, it's not like people are people are saying the Yankees need to get rid of this guy now, uh, and he's portion of the contract. Well it was easier to get rid of a couple of years ago because he had fifty eight home runs. And but he's got a no trade call. Um you can't just um get rid of him um, because he got hurt this year uh, and make it easy. Uh, the year before, he had 38 homers, over 100 runs, and he nearly played 158 games. Uh, the knock on him, you know, we okay, he was hurt a lot this year. Two years ago, he played 158 games, and a lot of them with a sore hamstring, and still managed to 38 home runs. And Alan Judge missed seven weeks at the end of the season, and his Sanchez spent a couple of cents on the I.L. So um, there was value there in what he was giving them. Um, and there can be, again, stays in the field. That's the problem with this. No doubt about it. And well, there's, you know, he's got to be able to stay on the field and produce. And I understand the strikeouts and the basketball postseason and the short sample size you have there. Um, but I, I don't know if there's anything else you can do with him. And as far as the I will point this out. As far as talking about where the Yankees were going starting pitching, what they were supposed to do, the Houston Astros had Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Zach Frank. They could not have a richer starting pitching. But when they were playing game six of the ALCS, with a chance of the American Independence, they had to go to a bullpen game. They did not have a starter to go to. So I think that speaks a lot to, you know, just because you want it doesn't mean it works out a certain way. The Astros got all of those starters, and they still were not able to put a starter on the game. Six of the ALCS. Sweeney, I think I'd, I'd find it hard to believe if you told me that, uh, you know, last year, at the end of last year's season, that Didi's future would be a, such a polarizing topic within, you know, the Yankee fan base here. So many people love him. Uh, A lot of people, even though they love him, feel it's time to move on. Where do you see the Yankees turning here? Have they expressed, um, you know, over-the-top interest right now? Do you think they're going to let him, uh, you know, shop around and and he could end up on another team? I mean, I think it's it's out there. and There's uh, there's obviously some interest uh, in some other teams right now. He's a free agent. Uh, I, I don't think Yankees are, um, you know, they're not in a position where they were uh, making an early jump like they did with Kansas and Stassi the last couple of years and jumped to right now. Those guys are coming back on one of their deals, um, so they were a little bit easier to sign. 
Didi uh, has the ability here for the first time to go out and get a multi-year deal, and I think that's what he's looking for. Um, I don't know where they're willing to go, but they do have some options here, and uh, I think you just kind of wait to see if it comes back to them. Um, I don't think they're of the mind right now to make a huge commitment to him uh, based on a number of things. Well, the season he just had was part of it. Uh, and the fact that the metrics don't play well for him defensively, well one base guy, 30 years old, I think it's important to get the contract makes sense for you as opposed to going out and making sure, hey, you got to keep this guy no matter what the cost. So I think that's the balance of the time strength right so let's let's assume, just for the sake of asking the question, that Didi uh, and the Yankees can't come to an agreement. Do the Yankees trust Glaber Torres being their starting shortstop going uh, forward? Well, I think that's you know that's what they uh, have intended to do, probably. Um, but they're you know I remember last year thinking that um, now Glaber had, had had obviously one less year in the big leagues by this time. Uh, at this time last year. But I remember thinking that simply moving Torres to short was not the best option. They chose Coach Whiskey as their first choice. I thought Freddie Gallagher was a better option. But Gallagher is available again. Um, so we'll see if, if that's something that they can pull off uh, or, or if that's what they want to pull off. If they, you know, if they don't bring back uh, the Torres. They have some options. The Glaber Torres moving the short is certainly one of them. I don't think it's their best option. Um, if you're talking strictly defensively, I think their best infield is still Gregorius short and Torres is second. Despite some of the metrics and some of the range numbers, um, I still think there's some value there. Um, that overall um, value defensively, uh, to look at the entire infield, I think makes sense. So uh, you know, we'll see if it makes sense for them. Any chance that Brian Cashman gets crazy and, and calls up, uh, why can't I think of his name? Um, Lindor? Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, Cleveland. The and, GM uh, over there? Yeah, and uh, tries to swing a deal for Francisco Lindor? I, I never say never. Listen, I watched them, I watched their third baseman get hurt, and they traded for Alex Rodriguez, who was <laughs> and was an MVP, was the MVP of the league, and they just stayed upon him and said, let's make him look third baseman. I, I you know, nothing short of Babe Ruth walking into the tank clubhouse surprises <laughs> me these days. So you, uh, you just wait to see. Um, I, I think the other thing you got to remember about that is that you're going to have to take You know, you're not trading for him just, you know, it's not, you know he's coming up on free agency. The only reason the Indians are contemplating trading is because he's coming up on free agency. And, um, and you have to thank him. So if, if that's the kind you're willing to pay, uh, and put yourself in another situation in a uh, contract like that, then okay. But it's, it's trading prospects and making a financial commitment. So, um, you know, again, nothing will ever surprise me, but there are a number of different options here to get it. All right, Sweeney, a couple more before we let you go here. Uh, two guys that have been in the Yankee clubhouse for a very long time, Dylan Batances and Brett Gardner, both free agents. Uh, Gardy had a... A career year, uh, basically, in 2019, and we've seen Batances pitch to all of two batters. Uh, just an injury-plagued year for him. How do you see uh, their futures? Are they in the Bronx or what other ball clubs? Well, I think Gardner has a really good chance of coming back because the Yankees are, are looking to, to find a, a center field replacement, so Aaron Hicks gets off. He's coming back to Tommy John. Much like they, you know, much like they did with, um, with Didi Gregorius this year, they had to wait for him to come back from Tommy John. And as you said, you know, they, they went down a certain road with the options they chose. That goes on the choice of them as an option. Uh, if that's how they so choose. Um, and, and I think it's an option that makes sense. Here, uh, you're almost certain you don't have to make a multi-year commitment to him because he didn't last year. So, um, I think it's something that makes sense regardless. If the dances, I, 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 I don't know where it's really going to be based on what a team is willing to do. Are they willing to make any sort of a, a, a multi-year commitment to a guy um, who suffered, you know, an injury that caused him the end of the season? Uh, that wasn't the arm, but again, it was such a, um, a injury-filled year for him, uh, and he didn't have the ability to 
uh, you know, to capitalize on his free agent year, which, you know, that, that's really, that was really sad to see, uh, of somebody who's, who's just taken the ball so many times to the Yankees over the last five, six years here, and finally came to the point where he was able to cash in on it, and, uh, and it wasn't going to work because of, of the injury situation. So, uh, I think they're, based on the fact that he is going to get a lot of one-year offers, I would think there are going to be places for him to choose what's the best spot for him, what's the best spot where he can, you know, um, really just make gain his earning power again. Uh, so I, I, I think he's going to have a lot of choices because it's not like he's going into free agency where there's an obvious spot for, okay, he's going to command, you know, like the chat, he's going to command a five-year deal of such a dollar. There's still only two teams that willing to move into that neighborhood if he's looking at like, a deal where he's trying to build his value back up I think a lot of teams can play in that area Sweeney over under 25 injuries next year for the Yankees which <laughs> one a week right um, <laughs> I, I think you have to say I think you have to say over just based on the elements, based on the elements I agree how many teams are under that you know I just I mean, yeah, is I it that like I, listen? I, I, the Yankees had a career, a record year of injuries. I mean, how many other teams do suffer that many injuries? I, you know, we don't, we're so, we're so yeah, Yankee biased number, in that I mean, way. Talking, yeah, I didn't look at the number of, of injuries on the teams, but you're talking about a lot of them can be short term things. I mean, you know, 10 days is, is something we're watching to really do when you didn't used to, um, you know, if you had a player who was going to be down for eight days, you might not put him on the DL because <laughs> wanted to. You, you wanted to just ride it out. Right. Want, you know, you, had, you didn't need the fifteen days. You said, oh, I can make seven or eight days. Um, now you've got ten days. I think we're willing to use the IL, and that's a benefit to the union because that means the players from Ireland get called up and and get some uh, service time for that. So um, I, I haven't done the study with other teams. Well, these guys, these guys get hurt a lot. They're out there playing hard, um, and it's it's not unusual to see guys get hurt. So, yeah, it, 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 I would be shocked at a question. <laughs> All right, last one, Sweeney. We'll let you go. Uh, I think a lot of I think a lot of Yankee fans, whether they're rational or irrational, uh, they give Larry a hard time. They gave him a hard rap, Larry Rothschild. Um, if you really look at the Yankees pitching numbers in his tenure here, they were actually really good. I mean, I tweeted something out not too long ago in the main categories in the, in the categories you're really looking at the Yankees were top five in almost everything uh, during his tenure here. But I, j- it just seems like the Yankees were looking to, to turn the corner uh, someone younger, someone newer, someone, a little more uh, tuned in to the technology. Um, how do you feel about the signing of Blake? Do you, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, if you were there interviewing for that, would he be your guy? Well, I don't know. I'm not really qualified to hire a pitcher. Coach, so I, can't, <laughs> I can't answer that. Um, but your point about Larry Rothschild, very good pitching coach. I mean, the guy, the last two jobs the guy held, nine years. And, and, yeah, he like didn't Yankee stay unemployed he long. He's job. already in San Diego, correct? Sure. And it's not like the Yankees thought he was doing a bad job. They re-signed the contract a couple of times. You know, he didn't have one nine year contract. Um, so uh, he's obviously a guy who knows what he's doing. He knows a lot about pitching. I think, you know, fans get frustrated when certain guys struggled and it wasn't easy to fix. And guess what? It's not easy to fix. Even for good coaches. Um I think you have to be fair and you're going to, if you're going to blame him for things that went wrong, you can get it for things that went right. And let's not forget that on his watch, Matthew Rosanaka suffered a partially torn PL and successfully pitched through it without surgery. That's part of Riley Rothschild's job to get him through that. That was successful. Sebastian, after the knee injuries, um, 
and the shoulder issues, lost velocity and had to come back, continue pitching with much closer velocity and, and, and just reimagine the way he pitched. Larry Rothschild, with a lot of credit for that. Devin DeCampis was a starter turned reliever that happened in the organization, but his elevation to the big league staff and his ability to become an all-star, yes, again, a lot of ability there. And Devin DeCampis gets a lot of credit for that. But so does Larry Rothschild. A role is Chapman. And he's well sure when he gets a little pushback because of obviously the pitch that he gave up off game six as a slider. But the development of that slider is a really good pitch. And if you notice during the course of the season how effective it is and what it does for him, uh, you know that it, it's a pitch that works. And it, listen, I mean, I could, I could fill up uh, a museum with pitchers who've thrown bad sliders and haven't hit for a run. So that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. But recognizing that he needed to work on a pitch five to 102 mile an hour fastball and getting that six to four, he feels comfortable enough to throw it in that spot in the playoff game with some other games where he's got a big side, feels comfortable enough to throw it. That's how good the pitch is. Again, that's a customary loss to color. That's something you have to credit him with. You're going to, um, uh, throw all the summer grades and everything else for him and say, why couldn't you fix them? It's not always the coach who can't do something. And I think, I think, you know, that gets painted, uh, a little too easily sometimes. Um, there's a lot of nuance in all of it. And all everybody wants is one clear answer or this is the solution or this is the problem. And it's never all right, Sweeney, we want to thank you very much for spending some time with us here on this Wednesday evening talking a little Yankee baseball as we uh, head towards the, uh, well, they're in the GM meetings. GM and then, meetings, and winter then meetings. Winter meetings, hot stove baseball. So thank you very much, Sweeney. You can follow Sweeney on Twitter at YankeesWFAN. Sweeney does a wonderful job covering the team and uh, a great job on the post games during the season. Sweeney, thank you very much and have a good evening. Thanks, Sweeney. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, fellas. Appreciate it. All right, that was Sweeney Murdy of uh, the, of WFAN. Uh, <clears throat> so, like we just said, follow Sweeney on Twitter at YankeesWFAN. Follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. That'll wrap up episode 152. The goo. Yep. Is that how you're going to close it, bro? That's it? Do you, you want me to say something else? Are you kidding me? You've been doing the same, we've been doing the same close. For 151 episodes. No, we haven't, because this is the second time that we've done the phone direct to close. So. Yeah, and you still always give me my Chris. I didn't get there yet. But oh, you, you're. This is a problem with the Stacy men. It they is. Jumped we the jumped gun. the gun, Megan. <laughs> we jumped the gun. I'm gonna ask her later. Well, she's pregnant again, so I mean, what do you? I mean, think? I didn't say you were shooting blanks. I just said that you <laughs> you jumped the gun. Uh, All right, so thank you for listening to episode 152 of the NYY Sports Club Podcast. Chris, say goodbye. Peace.